I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I really like the bond the team has. It's fun being around these guys. Haven't had camp letdowns like I've seen before. The guys show up to work every day, think they're hungry, and we're cleaning stuff up little by little. We've got a scrimmage tomorrow. We're going to kind of decide the format of that, and then we get a day off, and we're pretty much turning our attention to game one. So uh, a lot of decisions will be made probably after tomorrow. We'll have a pretty good idea, depth chart, not sure when we'll release it, uh, but we'll have a pretty good idea after tomorrow, and uh, then it's about getting a team ready to fly overseas and play. There hasn't been a ton of drama. There hasn't been a lot of a lot of things for me to manage. There hasn't been a lot of issues come up. And like I told you guys before, I just I like our team right now a lot. And, and just not even from the players, the ability that way. I just like our team, the way guys work, the way guys compete, the way they understand this is a business. I just I just like where their their heads at. And I, I think that uh, you know we, we got a we got a really good football team that that plays together. You know this is one of the best camps I've been a part of, I think, personally. I mean, everybody has been working extremely hard every day. Everybody's bringing it. And welcome here to this edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, just a few short days from getting on a plane and hopping the pond to go over to Dublin, Ireland, as Nebraska gets ready to travel on Monday. Uh, They will have... Um, essentially, they'll practice this week. They practice this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They're off Friday. They will come back with a Saturday, Sunday, Monday practice, and they'll get the Monday one in. They'll go to Omaha. They'll fly to Omaha, and then they'll head to Dublin on a direct chartered Aer Lingus plane. And then they'll be in Dublin, oh, eight hours later from Omaha. Um, I think they're anticipating the land at 10 a.m. on Tuesday. So there's a lot of thought, a lot of science that goes into this trip for Nebraska as they get ready to go out to Dublin, Ireland for this game. Um, but they started installing Northwestern this week. Um, so they, they will get six days of good install work of practice days in Lincoln before they get out there. And then they'll practice in Dublin on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, play Saturday. Their hope is to be on the plane in Dublin by midnight, which if you're you know counting back time hours, I mean, they could realistically be back by – Two in the morning, give or take. I mean, you, you lose six um, going back, or you gain six going back, and then you add probably two more to that. So um, they could be back, I think, Sunday by two. Um, then, you know, the team won't have anything on Monday. I think they're going to give everybody Monday off. There won't be a press conference that day, and then they'll get going on North Dakota. So uh, Northwestern's doing a little bit different. They don't play the next week. So uh, they're going to take a day on Sunday, the whole day. The players will get that time to hang out and have a full day of just fun in Ireland, and then they're going to go back on Monday um, and, and probably leave you know, at a really nice time, whether it's like noon or 10 in the morning, and get back at a nice time. So Nebraska's going to put a lot on themselves on this trip, and that will be a story within the story the following week, how this team comes out and plays against North Dakota um, essentially losing a day's rest and prep with the travel, um, and, and we'll see where it all goes. But it's been a great camp. Um, I'm going to have a great show here on tap. I'll take a lot of questions in the mailbag in our final segment. Louis Vakir, one of the only Northwestern media members that will be going out to Dublin, joins me here from Wildcat Report, gives us a full uh, take on the Wildcats, who, by the way, you know, we complain about our media access. They've only had one day of media access over the entire training camp under Pat Fitzgerald. So um, things are locked down in Evanston as uh, it's a big game and a big year for um, the Wildcats and Pat Fitzgerald, and we'll get Louie's thoughts on that. In my next two segments, I'm going to go through what I think are the projected depth charts for offense and defense. So we'll talk offense and defense, kind of break down um, what we think are kind of the main, what I think are the main positional groups going forward but uh, it's been a good camp Nebraska held their final scrimmage on Sunday you did two of them in camp 
no major injuries. That's the biggest story that's come out of camp, other than uh, Decolas Crawford, who, you know, rough week. He uh, they announced on Saturday he was out for the year from an injury he suffered the previous Saturday, and then this week his big NIL ad dropped with SOS Heating and Air in Omaha. Um, and it's gotten like over five and a half million views on Twitter, the Twitter video alone. It's just taken over the Internet. So um, a lot of highs and lows for Nicholas Crawford here in his freshman year. Uh, but there's no doubt Nebraska got a lot of good publicity from the Nicholas Crawford SOS heating and air commercial um, that has kind of just taken over social media. Uh, but that's your only injury that's come out of camp. No depth chart yet. Will we see one before the game? I don't know. Um, maybe they'll just make us guess based off the opening starters, or maybe they'll wait till North Dakota week to put out the official one. But I could see Scott Frost not putting one out. It just doesn't make sense. I know the black shirts, though, they want to give those out. I wouldn't be surprised if that gets done here over the weekend before the team heads out to Ireland. So we've got a full show here once again on tap. Our last show here in the States before I take off to Dublin and I'll bring you next week's show on site from Ireland. Looking forward to that. But when we come back, I'll talk offensive depth chart and what I'm thinking next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Uh, the guys in the program have just continued to work and get better. Ramirez done a great job. Uh, Yant's better than he was. Gabe's better than he was. And then, you know, we've added uh, a couple really good players with, with Anthony Grant and A.J. Allen and Emmett. I think the competition has spurred them to, to play harder. And Coach Applewhite demands a lot out of those guys. Uh, he coaches them hard, and he's getting a lot out of them. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan here as uh, getting you closer to kickoff in Dublin, Ireland. That was head coach Scott Frost talking running backs and the depth chart and kind of where that group is for Nebraska. And that brings me into this segment. I'm going to do my offensive depth chart takes projections here as we move into the season. Starting at running back, let's go, let's go through running back. Um, as you just heard Coach Frost talk about Brian Applewhite, I think Anthony Grant's your number one. I think he will be the main guy, but not far behind him is Gabe Irvin. He's added 10 pounds. He's running well. And sometimes that worries you when a guy adds weight. Maybe they don't run as well with added weight or cut as well. Well, it sounds like Gabe Irvin has really grown into his body. You know, another story within that story, think about this. Anthony Grant and Gabe Irvin were on the same high school football team. Grant was a senior. Irvin was a freshman in high school. Grew up looking up to Anthony Grant from Georgia. So uh, very unique story. But I do think you're going to see A.J. Allen factor in at some point this season. He's had a great camp, so keep your eyes on the freshman out of Louisiana. And then Ramir Johnson. I think he's going to have a different role. Um, I think you're going to see him be utilized more of a slashing-type role, a guy that can – be a receiver, a back, a slot, do a lot of different things. Quarterback. All right, let's go to quarterback now. I think Casey Thompson's the guy. No surprise there. Trevor Purdy, though, has had a good camp. I think he's your solid number two. I think Logan Smothers is your no number three. Um, you know, then after that, um, it would be interesting. I I'd assume Harburg is the fourth. Um, you know, will Richard Torres dress out in Dublin? Um, that's a question I have. I know he's had a good camp. He looks good. But Casey Thompson, to me, is the guy. I think he has come a long way from the thumb surgery. All right, let's talk wide receivers. I'll go X first. Um, my X position, I think you're going to see um, a trio of guys really factor in here. Oliver Martin, Omar Manning, but my starter nod goes to Marcus Washington. I think all those guys are going to play. They can be interchangeable, um, but I like Oliver Martin, Omar Manning, and Marcus Washington with Washington getting the nod. Let's go to Z. Um, I've got Alante Brown and Isaiah Garcia Castaneda as my main two Z's right now. Um, you know, will Alante Brown be the starter or Garcia? I think that's kind of a toss-up. 
I'll go Alante Brown right now. And then the slot position, Trey Palmer. He's the guy, um, but you will see Brody Belt in there right now. So I've got seven names right there that I've given you that I think are kind of the top seven guys. Um, if they're going to go somebody else, will it be a Wyatt Lever? Um, will it be a Janiron Bonner or a Ty Hahn? I think that's kind of where we're at right now at the receiver position. That's kind of your next three. Janiron Bonner did have two touchdown catches in the scrimmage, so keep your eyes on that one. Tight end, Travis Volkolek, no surprise. I mean, he's going to be a captain of this team, a leader of this team. Nate Borkature, I'm going to go him at my number two spot at tight end. I'll go A.J. Rollins, number three, with Chancellor Brunk. I think they'll kind of be a co-three. Chris Hickman's a mystery. He's been hurt, nicked around. Not the biggest tight end. So what will be the role for Chris Hickman? That remains to be seen here. Um, as he, we, you know, we haven't seen him practice in camp all that much. I know he was out when we were there last week. Uh, offensive line, let's go down the side. Left tackle, I got Teddy Prohaska with Brant Banks backing him up. Brant Banks can play guard, though. Uh, left guard, Turner Corcoran. If Turner Corcoran were to go out, you could have Brant Banks at left guard. Kevin Williams, though, probably the guy behind him, if I had to guess. Center, Trent Hickson, then Ethan Piper. Those are your two centers today. Uh, right guard, Brock Bando gets the edge over Henry Lutoski. And then my right tackle position is Bryce Benhart with Hunter Anthony behind him. Those are kind of my top 10 on the offensive line. Um, but I think a lot of it's going to stem on how well Corcoran settles in at left guard. Is, is Prohaska healthy? And then Benhart, can he hold himself at right tackle? I think Lutoski is the guy to watch. So that is my offensive depth chart breakdown when you kind of look at where things are at. I don't think there's a lot of surprises. Um, I wonder about Jacques Jant, where he factors in. I know I didn't mention him in my depth chart. Um, you know, Logan Smothers, um, what's his big picture outlook in this program? Can they create something else for him in this offense if he's not the starting quarterback? Because he is one of the better athletes on this team still. Um, that's something that weighs on my mind. Uh, but really excited to see Anthony Grant, to see Trey Palmer, to see Casey Thompson, um, I think there are some real weapons, but can they protect? That will be um, the biggest thing, that offensive line and how they come out of the gates week one against a Big Ten opponent. All right, when we come back, I'll break down the defensive depth chart. I'll tell you what I think on that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. One thing I don't want is that I don't want to come in and make it look like I'm the big time guy trying to take control of everything and stuff like that. So I came in with a humble mindset, I, although I'm always been, I've always been humble. You could talk to my mom on Twitter. She's always on there and she's probably going to see this. But yeah, just going in, uh, just trying not to create any eggshells to step on and coming up with a soft approach, talking to the guys, getting to know them. All that played a part in my uh, integration into the process of being on the team. He's as humble and as hardworking of a guy as you could, uh, you could find. So you say there's all this hype, but you'd never know that just talking to him because he's such a, you know, high character young man and uh, really hardworking. So he's fit into the defense and the team really well because of those qualities. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan is closing in the kickoff here. A lot of newcomers on this team. Nebraska brought in 15 transfers on scholarship along with some walk-on transfers as well. One of those transfers, O'Shawn Mathis. Um, and you heard him talking about his humble approach. You heard Nick Henrich talking about that humble approach. And that brings me to the next segment. Let's let's talk depth chart. Let's go edge. And, and that is a real wild card because I do think there's really three black shirts there. O'Shawn Mathis, Caleb Tanner, and Garrett Nelson. I think you're going to see all three of those guys on the field at times this season. Um, so how will those guys roll in as starters? I'm, they're all starters in my book. Um, I think it depends on the situation, the play call, et cetera. Those guys will be starters. I do think Blaze Gunderson can roll in there as the fourth guy. And Jamari Butler for a fifth guy, this is as good as the edge position has been at Nebraska in a long time. They have not had this kind of depth and competition in a while. 
They got people they can roll in and out. Defensive line, you know, I think Ty Robinson, if they're going to go 3D linemen, it's Ty Robinson at one. I think Colton Feast at another. And then I'll give an edge to Nash Hutmacher over um, over uh, one of the guys, not Devin Drew, but uh, Stefan Wynn. I'll give him an edge over Stefan Wynn, but it's basically a tie. I think they're going to be 50-50. Devin Drew will factor in at some point. Um, I don't know if we'll see him in Ireland. I think it depends on the t- type of game. And you'll hear more from Louis Vakir, but the Wildcats have two great running backs. One of them, uh, Cam Porter's 235, and Evan Hull's 215. So they've got two physical running backs. you got to be ready, ready to go up front, and they're going to need bodies to roll in there. Um, so that that's my group on the D-line right now. Linebacker on the inside uh, will we'll obviously stay with those two guys, Nick Henrich, Luke Grimer, near locks. Um, if they would go with a third linebacker, I would say uh, Magua Clements has the edge over Garrett Snodgrass. Um, but long term, I think the buy continues to be Ernest Hausman. They're really high on this young man, and I could see him easily playing more than four games this year uh, with him going in the program. But I think there's five that can play, um, but Hausman could really emerge. And let's say there was an injury that happened to Henrich or Reimer. It would not surprise me if they began getting Hausman ready to go um, for the future at that position uh, for this season. Uh, moving into the secondary, Tommy Hill, Quentin Newsom, your corners. Braxton Clark's your next guy in. Your fourth corner would be Tamon Lyman. Um, but Marquise Buford could play down there as well if they ever got to that point. But Tommy Hill, I think, is going to be a, a rising star in this program. We've just heard too many good things about Tommy Hill and the kind of player he is. Um, moving over to Nickel. I think Isaac Gifford will probably be the starter, but Chris Kolarovic and Javin Wright are going to play on this team, and I think they're really right there with him. I think all three of those guys could come in, and if Gifford were to struggle, they could roll one in pretty easily. So they're very high on the depth of that nickel position. And then moving on into the safety position, um, I still think Marquise Buford and Miles Farmer get the nod, but Omar Brown is probably the next guy, followed by Deshaun Singleton and then Noah Paul Gates. There's probably five safeties right there that will see the field or play on this team here this season. So uh, really, really good group. I, I think even without Ben Stilley, Cam Taylor-Britt, um, Deontay Williams, some of the guys, jo- JoJo Doman they lost a year ago, um, I like this group. They've reloaded in a nice way. Eric Chenander and his crew have done a great job getting this team ready to go. Uh, special teams, no real surprises. Timmy Bleakrod kicker, Brian Buschini punter, uh, Brady Weiss will be the long snapper, Cam Piper probably your short snapper. Um, then you, you start to look at returners. Um, Tommy Hill, I think, actually could get the nod over Trey Palmer as a punt returner. And then Anthony Grant is the kick returner. I think that's going to happen. Um, that's the guy they want back there. So, uh, lots to look at there with defense and special teams. Uh, that is my projected depth chart. All right, when we come back, I'll be joined by Louis Vakir from WildcatReport.com as he'll give me a full rundown of Northwestern as they get ready to head out to Dublin. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. One. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I don't think there's any secret. They have uh, some really good running backs, and their old line is very good. And you know they're they're going to want to run the football. I think that's uh, you know that that's yeah probably just about any team's going to want to, especially early in the season, be able to establish the run, run the ball, and you know same thing on defense. You got to be able to stop the run. That hasn't changed. A lot of stuff has changed over the last uh, however many years with different rules and. Uh, you know, the way the game's played, but one thing that's stayed consistent is you got to be able to run the ball, you got to be able to stop the run if you want to be a successful team. So uh, for us on defense, we've got to be ready to go and play against the run game. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, as we are nearly a week away from Nebraska in Northwestern at Aviva Stadium, uh, as the Huskers will take on the Wildcats in the opening game of the college football season on Fox. And joining me here on the on the show, one of the few Northwestern Wildcat football experts on the planet, longtime friend, colleague. He'll be in Ireland with me uh, covering the Cats. 
um, for rivals as he's a man that uh, beat for what? How long have you been covering the Cats, Louie? Over 20 years? No, I'm just under it. I started 2004, so this is my 19th year. Well, pleased to have on Louis Vakir as as we talk Wildcats. And, and like I said, you'll be over in Ireland. Uh, we're knee-deep in camp. I'm curious, Louis, um, number one, what, what has it been like? I mean, what's been the feel just around the program? And I know, you know, paint the picture there. It's, it's Things are a lot more locked up there as far as access and information that you've at least been able to get out of camp. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, Fitz, Fitz doesn't like to open things up to the media too often. They've only had one media availability after a practice. So they had one open practice and they had, uh, you know, players and coaches talk to the media afterwards. But that's about it. You know, that's all we get. And, you know, it's um, there's there's a high degree of interest this year just because there's a quarterback battle. For the third time in the last four years, we got uh, – a quarterback battle at Northwestern. You got Ryan Holinsky, who, uh, you know, he started last year five games, I believe it was, played in six. Uh, he was sort of the incumbent, but he's getting a challenge by a redshirt freshman, Brendan Sullivan, who's more of a dual threat guy. And from everything I'm hearing, you know, they're, they're switching off. One day it'll be Holinsky, and the next day it's Sullivan getting reps with the ones. I hear, you know, people that go to practice and stuff that, uh, Give me information. You know, one day I hear, oh, yeah, it looks like Holinsky's uh, going to be the guy. Next day I hear Sullivan's going to be the guy. So um, it's it's really up in the air, and I, and I don't think it's any gamesmanship or anything like that on a part of Fitz. I think uh, they're, they're battling it out, and I don't know if it's been decided yet. Tell me more about Sullivan, because obviously um, we didn't get to see much of him, or we didn't see him last year in, in Lincoln when, when the Wildcats were here. We, what, what can you tell us about him? Not uh, he did not play last year at all. So he's a he's a redshirt freshman. So I had heard some whispers last year out of practice and stuff that he was looking pretty good. He was a largely overlooked guy. I think he had one other Power Five offer. Uh, was a big winner at Davison High School uh, outside of Flint, Michigan. Uh, they won a state title. Um, then he opted out as a senior. He enrolled early. So Michigan, uh, I think, were playing in the spring, if I remember correctly. So he enrolled early at Northwestern and didn't play as a senior there. But, he, you know, the questions around him coming in were about his arm strength. You know, he had uh, – he was a very athletic guy, dual threat, and, you know, that's something Mike Bajakian traditionally likes in his quarterbacks, the ability to move, make plays on the run. And he certainly has that. There were question marks about his arm. I've heard he's, you know, he's one of those charismatic – he's got that it factor for a quarterback. He's a leader that other players really like him and play for him. So he's, you know, that's where I think he, he brings something to the table in terms of that dual threat that I think Northwestern, which is, you know, an offense that has struggled mightily the last few years here, I think they need – they might need that dynamism. So, I, you know, I Holinsky, maybe he'll start – uh, next week against Nebraska in week zero there. But, you know, maybe the season goes on, we'll see more and more of Sullivan, and maybe he'll eventually uh, win the job because I think that's where Bajakian would like to take the offense. I think he'd like to add that dimension to an offense that, you know, last year they really struggled to score. We're talking here with Louis Vakir from Wildcat Report. And, and coming into our segment, Louis, that was uh, Mike Dawson, the defensive line coach for Nebraska uh, talking about just what they're expecting. And uh, I think it's no secret Northwestern has two pretty good running backs. Obviously, Evan Hall, a 1,000-yard back a year ago. And then Cam Porter, who many thought would have been a 1,000-yard back if not uh, the injury a year ago. And then you've got, what, four starters on that offensive line led by arguably maybe the best offensive lineman not only in the Big Ten, but one of the best in the country. Um, how much – do you see that being a strength for this offense? And, and what can you tell us about Cam Porter coming off the injury? Yeah, I've heard, uh, you know, I tell you what, you, you hit that right on the head, or uh, Coach Dawson did anyway, that uh, they've got, a, you know, two outstanding backs. And, you know, Fitz says they go four deep, too, because they got a couple more guys back there that he wants to get some touches. But, you know, Cam Porter really emerged late in 2020, ran for 300 yards over the last three games. He's like a 230-pound guy, really a bell cow kind of back that was going to be the workhorse for him. He tore his ACL before the season started last year in camp. It looked like a devastating injury. And I'll tell you what, Evan Hall, 
came out or he ran for a thousand yards and you know he had a lot of those were tough yards that he you know was able to grind out because there weren't a whole lot of holes up there um, with the offense really struggling so they really feel like they got two very good backs and I think you're going to see more two back sets out of them this year you know I think um, you know, in the past, they've always been a one back kind of offense, but I think they're going to play to their strengths a little bit. And there's no secret. They want to run the ball. You know, they've got, as I talked about, there's a question mark at quarterback and they don't really have a lot of dynamism in, in the wide receivers room either. So I think that they've got an experienced offensive line. If they can take the next step, especially the interior, they were a little weak at guard and center last year. They've got, you know, Skaronsky is, like you said, he's, he's probably the number one offensive lineman in the country. You got Ethan Wiedeker on the other side, that right tackle. is a, He's in his sixth year of college ball, so he's played for a long time, and I think that's what they want to do. They want to, you know, control the clock, pound the ball, and, and try to win the game that way, and hopefully the defense will be improved and hold up their end of the bargain. We're talking here with Louis Vakir as we talk Northwestern Wildcat football. What is the feel around the program, around Wildcat Nation about this game? I mean, is it just kind of a cool opportunity, a cool experience? Because I can tell you here, obviously, there's a lot of pressure on Nebraska to win this game. I mean, if they don't win this game, you know, the season takes a drastic turn immediately as Nebraska um, is nearly a two-touchdown favorite going out to Ireland, which I think a lot of people think is fairly high considering the history of this series other than a year ago. But what is your thoughts? What is the feel of this game in Evanston right now? Yeah, and I'm with you about the Nebraska thing, too. I think that's a pretty big number. And also, like the season, boy, people are really high on the Huskers. You know, for a a three-win team a year ago, just like Northwestern, I've seen, you know, the over-under at seven and a half or something like that. While Northwestern's sitting at four, I've even seen three and a half. So, um yeah, I think people are looking at this as a cool opportunity. And, you know, coming off of last year's disaster, they, I think people are thinking this may be their bowl game opportunity, right? It's going to be kind of a bowl game atmosphere. They get to go somewhere different and, uh, you know, and they get the, all the attention of a week zero game on TV and all that kind of stuff. So I think people are uh, pretty excited about it. Um, I know, you know, ticket sales have been, you know, I think okay. They've been a little sluggish, I think. And again, it was coming off of last season, but, uh, I, I, you know, the way I look at it is whether they play it in Evanston or Lincoln or Ireland, there's going to be way more red than purple in the stands, right? You know, so, you know, people have been saying Northwestern is giving away a home game and they are, but, you know, I, you, you've been to Ryan Field when Nebraska plays. It's, uh, it's 50 50 at best. And usually there's quite a bit more red than purple. So, um, yeah, I think people are excited about it and, uh, you know, they're, they're looking forward to the, the, the whole experience. You know, no matter what happens on the field, it's, it's a pretty cool experience. Now, a lot of our listeners have been to Ryan Field, and I know, Louie, we talked about this a while back, the renovations coming. Are they still looking at doing that? Are they breaking ground or moving forward with any of these renovations? Are we talking years down the road still? Well, I, I, they are not uh, breaking. They haven't broken ground yet. We haven't even seen any plans yet. Um but uh, they are, what I've been hearing is, you know, this year, obviously, they're going to be at Ryan Field. And then the next two years, they'll be, quote, unquote, homeless. So they'll probably, they have that agreement with the Cubs at Wrigley. So I think they'll probably play at Soldier Field, most likely, um, earlier in the season. And once the Cubs season is done, then they'll move their home games to Wrigley. Uh, and they'll have to do that for two years because it's going to be, a, you know, down to the studs renovation um, you know, I've seen some things that they've put out there and, you know, they're going to reduce the size. It's already the smallest stadium in the uh, Big Ten with just over 47,000. I've heard it's going to probably be somewhere around 35 or so, but they're really going to have a lot of the, you know, the suites and all the amenities and club seating and all kinds of different tiers and pricing and things like that. So it should be pretty cool. I think uh, people are excited about it. And you look at, you know, Northwestern, the commitment they've made um, you know, the football program they built, you know, the, the Taj, the, the Fitz Carlton, as we like to call it, the practice facility out there <laughs> for 270 million. They put 110 million in the Welsh Ryan Arena. And now we haven't seen the price tag yet, but this is going to be a really big one for to completely redo Ryan Field. So they really, I tell you, I, I'm impressed with the administration. They really uh, ponied up. And 
I think that the uh, the actual teams playing need to, need to uh, uphold their end of the bargain a little bit going forward. So you heard it right here from Louis Vakir. Assuming Nebraska Northwestern still are on the schedule for 2023, because we don't know what the schedule is going to look like, there's a good chance that game in 2023, um, excuse me, 2024, when these two teams play, um, it will either be in Wrigley Field or Soldier Field, more than likely. And I'm, <laughs> I know a lot of my listeners are probably already pretty excited thinking about uh, that opportunity to go out to Chicago and see a game in yeah. in one of those venues. Now I've got to ask you this because you're right down the road from Notre Dame. Um, what is the feel in just in your neck of the woods, Notre Dame and the Big Ten, and and just the expansion and everything overall, um, just from your your vantage point? Yeah, I think you know I I, I was as surprised as anybody when they got uh, USC UCLA. I think it was a strong move. I think it uh, made a lot of sense. I think now they're probably going to sit and wait and see if uh, Notre Dame pops. Um, I'll tell you what, and, and this is me personally, and I'm, I'm a little worried like long term, right? So if this thing, if it becomes, you know, if, if they eventually, if it turns into, you know, Big Ten and SEC are the two big mega conferences, you know, is somewhere down the line, you know, that uh, Ohio State and Michigan and Notre Dame, if they join those kind of programs, they're going to look at Northwestern and say, yeah, exactly, you know, what do you do here? You know, are they, are they pulling in the eyeballs? Are they generating revenue with ticket sales? Well, maybe not, you know. So I think for me personally, as, as a fan, that's the fear for me is that one day down the road, if this becomes the money grab that a lot of people forecast, whether that's going to squeeze out some of your smaller programs like, you know, like a Northwestern or a Purdue or Indiana or, you know, Iowa State and a Big 12 or Kansas, Kansas State, something like that. You know, whether it's going to come down to dollars and cents and uh, what each team brings to the table, we'll have to see. But yeah. that, that's that's me personally. That's kind of the way I look at it. And maybe I'm maybe I'm pessimistic by nature, but uh, that's certainly a fear I have. Yeah, I think uh, you guys will be fine there. I mean, I, I just can't imagine the Big Ten without Chicago and without Northwestern, and the headquarters are nearby Evanson's campus. And, and yeah, that's um, true. I mean, there's a lot there that I, I could never uh, imagine without. I mean, and so many people love going to Northwestern. I mean, it's just a great trip for people to go out there. And in Chicago, when I think Big Ten, I mean, I think Chicago is the first place you think. So I would be shocked if, the, but you never know, man. I never thought we'd see USC yeah, and UCLA and, here either. Yeah. And you, and you see the games on Saturday and you know, they, they're the stadiums a half to two thirds full a lot of the time. And I, I haven't seen any specific TV ratings, but you know, they, I don't think they draw a whole lot of eyeballs. And if they do get Notre Dame, well, that'll give them the Chicago market uh, way more than Northwestern does. So I don't know, maybe it's like I said, maybe it's just my, uh, pessimistic nature but if it, if it does turn into the money grab and yeah you know and it may be uh this is years down the road maybe decades who knows uh but uh that's that that's a thought that I, that has crossed my mind anyway all right as we wrap it up here with louis vakir uh what are you going to be doing in dublin you got anything fun scheduled and um what, what's your plans for the week i know you're going out next week uh on wednesday then you'll stay um you know for a few more days the next week yeah, so um, I'm, I'm going with a, I'm kind of, you know, I'll be working part of the time and I'm going to be a fan part of the time too. So I'm going with a big group of uh, people organized by uh, some folks that I know. So there's like a group of 80 of us or something like that. And there's like a pub crawl and we're going to hit the, you know, a Guinness uh, tour and uh, they got, I don't know, dinner, what, the Book of Kells, you know, all that kind of traditional stuff. So that's all kind of set up. And then uh, on Sunday after the game, my wife and I are going to uh, stay over for a week and we're going to rent a car and just kind of gallivant around mostly Southern Ireland and just uh, kind of see the countryside. And so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Northwestern's got the bye the following week. So I got sort of the week off. So uh going to take advantage of it and turn it into a vacation. Well, Louie, we appreciate the time. And I know I'll see you um, in Ireland if I do see you. Um I'll probably buy you a Guinness somewhere if I ever if I run into you. All right, maybe a Jameson. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good. Hey, your name is Sean Callahan. Yeah, yeah. This is this is your homeland. It's right? my town. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's your town. So yeah, look forward to seeing you there. Definitely, we'll uh, 
will tip again us for sure. All right. Well, thanks again to our good friend Louis Vakir from Wildcat Report. We'll close the show with questions in the mailbag next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Uh, today was a great day for us with the weather. That was like being in Ireland. And so we did a lot of things uh, special teams wise with the specialists, with the snappers, with the holders that involved wet ball drills, different things that probably going to come up during the game. We had a chance to snap balls and, and, uh, and build a punt and do different things on wet grass out there. So that was great for us to be able to get that done. So, And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan here, final segment of the show. Thanks again to Louis Vakir of Wildcat Report, longtime friend of the program and of Husker Online for joining me here as he's getting ready to go out to Dublin as well. He's probably one of the only Northwestern media guys going out there besides their official broadcasters, but it's time for the mailbag. Got a lot of questions in the bag this week, and we're going to go to a mailbag regular. Uh, We got one from Rob S. Fitness, who has been my guy throughout the summer here on the mailbag. Um, Wanted to know, if everyone is healthy, will the O-line that starts versus Northwestern be the same O-line that starts for Oklahoma? Who's your breakout player that is flying under the radar? Great question on the O-line. I think there's a lot of parts to that. Number one, is truly Teddy Prochaska healthy and recovered and at a full speed? I think he is, at least that's the the word I'm getting now. He's making strides. Can Turner Corcoran hang in there at left guard? And then the the real, real big part to me is Bryce Benhart at right tackle. Is he going to improve his overall play from a year ago? I mean, those are the big questions. Um, and, and that ultimately will decide if this is the same line versus Oklahoma as it is now. And I, I think the good thing is you're going to have games against teams at least with manageable front sevens. You're not going to see Ohio State or Michigan or Wisconsin the first three weeks of the year. So you've got an opportunity to develop this group against Northwestern, against North Dakota, against Georgia Southern. Now my under-the-radar player, Henry Latosky. They love the redshirt freshman out of Iowa. I think he's going to be a special player here um, going into this season. And, you know, Brock Bando's got the leg up there today, but – Latoski's a guy to watch. All right, CJ, Clayton Jenkins wants to know, is there another steakhouse downtown in the Haymarket area other than Misty's? We hit Misty's every year when we come back for games. Was curious if we should try something else. Thanks, Sean. Okay, not the Haymarket, but Tavern 180. Great friend of the program. Uh, We had our Husker night with Tavern 180 Tanners. They have USDA Prime Wagyu, USDA Prime uh, Ribeyes, a great filet mignon. Um, that's a good steak option. If you want to stay downtown, uh, JTK, another good place to get a steak downtown, but uh, you're limited. And I, I really like the new place in the Scarlet Hotel. Number one, they've got the um, the bar on the roof, and you go up there and have some drinks. But on the bottom level, they have a restaurant called Well and Good. They have a steak on the menu, but tons of great options. Um, and we went there. I've been there twice now, and, and both times it's been an outstanding meal. So that's a couple other options for you other than Misty's, but you can't go wrong with Misty's, especially Havelock Misty's on game weekend. Uh, Mike Geiger, I saw the picture of the equipment semi-loaded and ready to leave for Ireland. How is the equipment being delivered? Via cargo plane? Yeah, they don't have a boat. Uh, they're not taking a boat. Um, it will go over on a flight. Um, Nebraska has their own plane. Um, so they'll be on a 350-seat Aer Lingus jet or plane, and there'll be a ton of cargo room in there. You know, they, So they'll take, I think, a lot of it on the initial plane that goes over with the team. Uh, they can't take weight equipment. That's the one real wild card, and I know that was a big deal kind of planning this trip out. How are the players going to lift? And you know, I know in our world, we're like, oh, what's the deal? What's the big deal? What's two or three days of not lifting? Well, it's a routine, and they want to make sure they have that routine. So I do believe they explored a number of different weightlifting options, um, whether it was with the National Rugby 
center and then also one of like the weightlifting headquarters. But what they've learned is people in Ireland, they don't lift like we do here. Um, I mean, the amount of lifting and weights Nebraska does, that's just not common in, in European athletics. So uh, I'll be intrigued what they do for a lifting workout over there um, as they get ready for this game because there is going to be 110, 115 players in Ireland. Only 74 can suit. Nate wants to know, if our transfer punter and place kicker got hurt and don't pan out, do we have legitimate depth? Are we all in on those guys? Well, number one, Nate, let's hope we never see a punter kicker injury ever again. In my time doing this, it's happened like once, and it's been with Scott Frost. He's had unbelievably bad luck with punters and kickers here the last few years. Um, you know, they, they've got a few other options. Brennan Frankie can do field goals. Um, they signed a freshman out of Kansas City. Uh, blanking on the name. Hold on, let me pull up his name here. Um, Charlie Winrich. Uh, Charlie Winrich is a really, really good kicker. He had Division One offers all over the place. So I think Charlie can do those things if they needed him to. Brendan Frankie can punt also. So they have options. But, you know, it's really rare just to have a stable full of kickers and punters. But I think Charlie Winrich and Brendan Frankie um, would be good enough to get the job done. Winrich particularly. I think he's a really, really good recruit they brought in. Next question from Ryan. Does Chubba Purdy start over under 2.5 games this season? I'll say under. Um, I, I think a lot would have to happen with Casey, whether he got hurt or really struggled for it to be more than two and a half games. So I will take the under on that. But I think Chubba has had a good camp. He's come on well. So we'll see. We're taking your questions here in the mailbag. Sean Callahan, as uh, we are closing in on kickoff, the next question from Mark Winter. Mark wants to know, assuming Frost won't speak to the media like a normal game week Monday and Thursday, any idea what the media availability will be like on practice days in Ireland? Great question, Mark. So here's the schedule. We will have what would normally be the Monday press conference on Sunday. So this upcoming Sunday afternoon is your Monday presser. Monday is a travel day. The team will practice, then they'll still travel. They'll get over to Ireland on Tuesday Um There'll be a special dinner event that we'll have access to, I know, on Tuesday night. Wednesday and Thursday, there will be media availability and photo opportunities on Wednesday and Thursday practice. Uh, my guess is nothing on Friday, obviously the game on Saturday. So that's the long and short of it. Um, the team will have just a real minimal activity schedule out there. It's not like a typical bowl trip where you know there's amusement park trips and things. They'll have a dinner and maybe one kind of team field trip somewhere cool or two things like that, but nothing crazy. And, you know, there will be uh, a good 40 guys on this trip that won't dress or, or be a part of the game itself. So um, those players might have a little bit more free time if they're not suiting up, especially on Friday um, going into the game. Rick Pfeiffer wants to know, who will lead this team in sacks this year? O'Shawn Mathis, Garrett Nelson, Caleb Tanner, or Blaze Gunnarsson? Got to go O'Shawn, but I think both him and Garrett could be – near eight sacks each. I really believe they've got the potential to have somebody get 10 this year. I've, I think the schedule does help. I don't see any daunting dual threat quarterbacks on this schedule early on. And that, that really makes it hard to get sacks. Um, but I think there's a real opportunity with Georgia Southern, North Dakota and Northwestern to get some early sack numbers with these guys. And then Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel's a very elusive quarterback. He'll be a little bit different down the road. Um, all right, moving on to the next question. Uh, Mock wants to know, when will we solidify some schedule times? Um, well, we won't. We know everything right now. Like We know all the games at this point um, that, that are going to be announced. Other than that, everything else won't be known until about two weeks out in advance. So for, uh, for the Nebraska football schedule, um, for Nebraska, let me pull this up here, Nebraska football schedule. Um, so here's what we know right now. Obviously, this game is 11.30 local time against Northwestern on Fox. North Dakota, 2.30, Big Ten Network. Georgia Southern, 6.30, Fox Sports 1. Oklahoma, big noon kickoff at 11 a.m. The Indiana game, we don't know the network. We know it's a night game. That is homecoming, so Nebraska is able to designate that kickoff time. The Rutgers game is a Friday night game on FS1. 6 o'clock kickoff locally here in Nebraska. And then we do know the Black Friday kickoff game in Iowa, 3 o'clock, which I like that. Um, it's going to allow people to get out there for the game. Uh, but to get to your question, 
Uh, the kickoff time for Purdue, we probably won't really know that until like October 4th or so, October 5th. Um, they won't announce it until 10 days before kickoff, usually a Monday before the game week Monday. So that's when they'll announce that kickoff time. All right, taking your questions here in the mailbag is I'm getting ready to go to Ireland myself. I'm pretty pumped up about that. Um, good question here from Eric. How close was Nebraska landing Miles Brennan? That would have been a major blow to the program. Yeah, it's, you think about that. Um, Nebraska had Miles Brennan on their radar. They were courting him for quite some while, and he ended up staying at LSU. Bill Bush, Mickey Joseph, they had connections to him um, to come to Nebraska, and they were essentially going to give him the clean road to be the starting quarterback on this football team. He decided to stay with Brian Kelly, lost the job. He's done with football. He said, you know what, I'm done. I'm not coming back for another year at this point. Uh, the other guy they went after hard, and this guy would have been a home run, is Jake Hayner from Fresno State. Fresno State right now is one of only like five teams in the country that are favored to win all 12 games. So Hayner is an accomplished pro prospect. He was looking to transfer, was in the portal, but he's a double transfer. So um, no sure thing that he was going to be eligible this year, so he chose to stay. Then the Casey Thompson thing just kind of happened, and then Cheva Purdy came in late. Um, so it all worked out in the end, but that's the tightrope you walk with the transfer portal. No no doubt. Great question, Eric. Uh, Faux Frost, what do you think of the new alternate uniforms that were released? They look very similar to our practice jerseys, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, a lot of my uh, friends that were around the 83 team Guys like Gary Sattelmeyer, Jim Rose on KFAB, they said, you know, they, they look nothing like the 83 uniforms. And Gary was on the broadcast team for the 83 Huskers. So um, it is interesting. They're calling them the 83 jerseys, but um, they don't necessarily look like them. But I will say, I, I like when they honor tradition. So I'm a fan of throwbacks that are the alternates. I'd rather see a throwback alternate than a 2002 Nebraska Jamal Lord Space Age uniform that. Uh, I still don't know what Adidas is doing. By the way, that was a regular uniform in 2002, not a not an alternate. Dan wants to know, how many pints of Guinness will I be consuming next week? Let's see, I'll be there six days. I would say a safe bet is at least 10 to 12. I'll, I'll probably have one or two Guinnesses a night um, at the different pubs we go to, but you can't just drink Guinness the whole time. Um, you got to mix it up a little bit. Surprisingly, Coors Light is really common in the, in the pubs out there. Um, a lot of American microbrews are... Or, um, our domestics, excuse me, are, are very common there in the pubs. But I will definitely get a fair share. 10, my, 10 or 12 is probably a little too many. Um, usually one a day is a good number, and there might be some days where I cross the line and go with two Guinnesses, but probably mixing in a few other uh, things as well over the course of the week. H.J. Hardy, does Nebraska have a 1,000-yard receiver? I think they do. I think Trey Palmer. I really think Trey Palmer is the guy that will get to 1,000 yards. Offseason champs wants to know this question. Uh, Superfan Sam is what his uh, Twitter handle is. Realistically, Sean, in my book, we're, we, we were a serviceable special teams unit away from being at least an 8-9 win team last season. Please tell me I don't have to worry about it that much this season with Bill Bush. And I think you're right. I don't know if they'd have been 8 or 9, but I think they at least get to 6. Uh, we know Michigan State's one of them. Um, you could argue Oklahoma and, and some of these other games they lost were off blocked field goal or blocked extra points, returned for two, missed field goals, all sorts of issues, uh, absolutely zero return games. And I think the return game element is going to be something that's really added to this element for Nebraska. But um, I do think you're going to see a big upgrade with Brian Buschini and Timmy Bleakrod and then also the return game. Uh, Zach Tooley wants to know, which running back has the most carries? Anthony Grant, Gabe Irvin, Ramir Johnson. I'll say Anthony Grant, but I think Gabe Irvin's going to get a lot as well. I think Ramir Johnson's going to have kind of a different role, like a slot role, an all-purpose role that Mark Whipple carves out for him. Logan Pritchard, do fans on social media really make that much of a difference to recruits negatively or positively? Yes, I think they do. And let me ask you this, Logan. I mean, a lot of these guys, they're kids, and you read everything. I mean, if somebody tweets at you as an individual you read it right and it probably affects you there aren't a lot of people that deal with direct criticism um, or things like that nature so I do think it has an impact on kids when they see that I, I know in, in fact in 2020 um, sorry 2021 there was a receiver that Nebraska was 
in a really good position to land from Texas, but um, the Nebraska fans were kind of being critical of this must be our top receiver. They didn't think he looked impressive enough, and people showed that to him, and that impacted his decision to pick South Carolina. Ended up being a four-star player, um, a uh, U.S. All-American player, uh, but some negative tweets from Nebraska fans um, you know, did – you know, he saw that and he thought about that and said, you know what, why would I want to go there? There's fans trashing me on Twitter right now. So, you know, I think it is something to think about when, when you make emotional tweets um, that it can impact a kid at times. Uh, Jim in Minnesota, how much do you think the triple option will be a part of the offense? Oh, it's in the arsenal. I don't know how, I don't think it's going to be a ton. They don't want Casey Thompson getting hit. He's not Adrian Martinez. Who are your starting safeties midseason? I'll still say Miles Farmer, Marquis Buford, Omar Brown's going to be in that mix. Um, Another question from Jim, what are some fun activities the team will be doing in Dublin um, so it isn't just a business trip? Well, they got a special dinner planned. I do think they're going to go to maybe Guinness, and then there's a castle that's an old Irish prison um, that they're going to visit. Um, and I know that was one of the things I've been told. Um, so real limited schedule. We're not going to do anything crazy, you know, long, all-day things, but they will have some opportunities to get out, and they're staying 45 minutes away from the city center. So they're kind of away from the action. Uh, time for a couple more here. I want to see if I can end on a light or not. We get about 30 questions, so I try to get through as many as I can um, in this. But, all right, final question from Jaw of Life. Where will the best spot to be hanging out in Ireland be? We leave Tuesday. All right, I'll tell you this right now because uh, I am in with the, the promoters of the game Brendan Meehan, who you've heard on the show, who is I call him the bull, like a U.S. bowl game director when Nebraska goes to bowl game. Brendan told me that a bar called Buskers, so Buskers in Dublin will be the official bar for the Huskers. You heard it right there. Buskers Bar in Dublin is uh, one of many pubs you'll want to frequent, but I know uh, they have taken it on to be the official bar for the Huskers. Well, thanks again to Louisville here and. Next week, when I drop the show, I will be in Dublin, Ireland, looking forward to the chance to take the show overseas um, into Dublin next week. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 